morning once again. Everybody, everybody good now? Everybody got some songs going and some prayers going? Uh, part two of our series, being established in Christ or established in his love, just being established as a Christian, right? If you're not established, you're just kind of floating around and that's not healthy, right? Last week we talked about the first thing that you need to uh, do is to know God and we talked, we had two points, really there was three points to the sermon, but the last one was kind of a introduction to this one so there was only two points today we got five so i'm making up for last week but it won't be it won't be long so hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get through it uh by the way y'all are looking great over here on this side of the room you know when i moved here uh we rented a trailer for the jeep to pull the jeep over here and it had it back here and i was took the jeep off the trailer and i was rolling the ramp back in the trailer and my glasses fell out of my pocket and this lens right here got all scratched up, and I haven't been able to see y'all since. <laughs> so I got new glasses yesterday, and I'm just letting y'all know y'all look great. I've seen you for the first time. <laughs> y'all still look great. Y'all's always been looking good over here. <laughs> okay, y'all. <laughs> once we know God, right, once we establish this relationship with God, right, we, the, the next thing we got to do is how do we communicate with God? Now, raise your hand if you know how to talk to people. Come on, y'all. <laughs> if you know how to say words, that's a better way to... Some people really don't know how to talk to people. But raise your hand if you know how to communicate. Most people do. Even the young people that just went down the hall, little babies know how to communicate even if they don't know words. Right? That's what crying's all about and laughing. It's communication. They, if they need something, they cry. If they hurt and they cry. If they're sick, they cry. If they want something and can't have it, they cry. And then we're 47 years old and we're still doing that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Communication is the key to a relationship, isn't it? With God. And, and, and I got a big thick in the, in the office over there for a class on communication skills. A college class. Big, gigantic, thick book. And it basically says communication is about not only talking, but receiving information, but listening. The whole book entire college class to tell me that right it goes into a lot of detail but if you're not listening to god then you're certainly not communicating right and, and if you're only talking to god then you must have and i'm not accusing anybody but if anybody's only talking to god then they must have the assumption that god is simply there for them i mean no that's wrong that's the wrong place to be because we're here for god right even though God is our God and he provided a way for us to be reconciled to him and even have this relationship, this is what we talked about last week. We're here for him to get information from him to do his work to make disciples, right? So then the question becomes, there's questions that everybody asks, right? In our homes, in our personal life, we're asking, how do we know if God wants us to do this? How do I make this decision about this crucial time in my life? Should I do this or should I do that? What's the right thing to do? Sometimes we just don't know. And we try to ask God, but we don't really know how to get the answer. Because I know because many people have come into every preacher's office and said, how do I know if God wants me to do this? How do I know when I'm hearing from God? Right? Everybody has that question from time to time. Sometimes they're even saying to themselves, is it really God? Or is it just me? They're legitimate questions, and those are questions that are being asked by people who are seeking God, 
Whether they're saved or not, they're seeking God in those ways. It's, it's a sign of someone growing spiritually because they're seeking the answers to those questions. How do I communicate with God more? Because everybody wants to hear from God, right? All right, look, I didn't even have to give you all a dramatic pause for that one. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants to hear from God because if you don't, you, you start thinking something's wrong. You know, if you have any children that are grown and they live on their own and they don't call you, it kind of bothers you, doesn't it? When they're gone for a long time and they don't live near you and then you, you, you don't hear from them for a long time, it's like, uh, how do I know they're even alive? Same thing with any other relative for that matter. Right? And I know it's true in a preaching uh, aspect because people don't hear from the preacher every now and then they start to get a little discomfort. Oh, the preacher care about me? Oh, the preacher want to know what's going on? Yeah, the preacher always wants to know what's going on. Right? So... Be prepared. I'm going to be asking you how you're doing every now and then. If we're going to be established in the love of God, we've got, uh, we got to learn how to listen to God. So here's uh, John chapter 10, by the way, is going to be uh, where we're going to be. John chapter 10 and verse 10. There's going to be another verse, so I'll, I'll let you catch up. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I think last week we talked about Jesus, why Jesus came and what, what, he, what he's here for, right? To provide this relationship with God. But this here verse adds to that statement, and it says, at the end, it says, not only may we have life, but we have it to the full, to the fullest. As much as can be gained life. Do you realize that if you're, you're kind of missing out on some life? Everybody is, because we're not there yet. We're not fully grown yet. We're still learning. We're still growing in Christ. But I hope today that I'm living as full of a life as I can in Christ, right? And I hope it's a little bit more than I did yesterday because that means we're growing in Christ. I'm experiencing more of God every day. That's the life. That's what life is. Remember last week. Pay attention to what we did last week because it's important because it stacks up. It's what Jesus died for so that you could have life, real life, full, not just full, but the fullest. No one else can provide this kind of life but God, right? Which is why we have the questions, how do I know this about God? How do I know when he's talking to me? What does he want me to do? Should I do that? Is he really telling me to stop doing this? Usually when we ask that question, it's because we're doing something we, don't want, we want to do and we shouldn't do, right? We're really good at justifying ourselves, so be careful because the thief comes only to steal and to kill, right? We've got to discern who Satan is and who God is in our communications, right? And, and Satan will come and tell you that he's God and he's very believable. And he probably knows the scripture better than we do. Be careful. We're going to look at some things to help us with that, right? Now, here's verse 27, and this is what I want to focus on a little bit more. It says, my sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep, meaning the ones who uh, I died for and have put their faith in me as their Savior, those are his sheep. Everyone can be his sheep, but only the ones who have put their faith in him are currently his sheep. The rest of them are his sheep and they just don't know it and they're probably gonna if they don't repent if they don't turn to God then they're gonna miss out they're already dead remember we said that last week 
So it says, my sheep listen to my voice. Now we have to get the big thick book out of my office to remind ourselves that communicating with God is talking and listening. And sometimes we don't stop talking long enough to hear. Dramatic pause. He says, I know them and they follow me. He's saying, I have a relationship with them. And you don't have a relationship with somebody that you don't talk to. And you don't hear from. And that you don't communicate with. So if you're his, has to be communication both ways. You have to talk to him and you have to listen for him. Has to happen. Or you're fooling yourself and your relationship isn't genuine. And you're in trouble. And I'm only saying that out loud because it's true. And I don't want you to be there. And if you're there, we want to help you. I want to help you. To get where God wants you to be. To have this life and have it to the fullest. So remember this verse right here as we go through. My sheep listen to my voice. Which still doesn't answer the question how. Come on preacher, get to the answer. Because we all want to know how do I hear God? How do I know it's God? Well, here's how God, a couple of ways God did in the Old Testament. Remember? (laughs) There was a, a, literally a hand showed up out of nowhere and started writing on a wall. You ever heard the expression, the handwriting's on the wall? That's where it comes from, out of the Bible. Most people don't even know that. I'll let you Google it and find it. The best one is when the donkey started talking. English. (laughs) Now, if God, if God showed up at your house and uh, some donkey knocked, ring the doorbell, and you open the door and there's a donkey standing there and he starts talking English to you or whatever language you know, would you think it's God? Or would you think it's something else? Some people check themselves into the doctor's office. Like, there's something going on here. How do we know, though? How can we know? What if God did something crazy like that? Are we prepared? And the only reason that, by the way, the only re- I'm not going to stay on this too long, but the only reason that God spoke to that donkey is because the person he was speaking to was stubborn and wouldn't listen to him. Hello? It wasn't the donkey that was being stubborn. I'll let you go. I'll let you study that one too. Five ways that God speaks to us today. These are only. These are not like five. Only five ways, and these are it. And this is the only way it is. Look it up. There's good. No, these are five things that we're going to point out today, and only two, maybe three of them, are things that we really need to focus on because the last two have to do with the first two. Okay, here we go. First, Second Timothy chapter three, verse thirteen, verse sixteen to seventeen. It says, "All Scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped, what for every good work." Because usually, if 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 our conversations with God and our questions with each other is, "How do we know we're hearing from God?" It's not only about our problems, and not only about our sicknesses, and not only about the things that we desire. Sometimes it's about how do we know what God wants us to do for Him. And I'm so happy and excited because as a congregation, this congregation, us, since I've been here, we've been asking that question, haven't we? How do we know what God wants us to do? What does he want us to do? Let's seek God and let's go do that. But we have to be able to hear him. Right? Number one and most important way that God communicates to his people today in our world, in our societies, is through the Bible. And some people, even Christians today, are like, oh, man, because they know that means they got to read the Bible. And our, our technology today, 
Nobody wants to read anymore because they can watch videos, they can listen to somebody tell them online. And it's hard because we're not we're getting out of the habit of reading. Now that might be not be true for you, but for a lot of people it is, especially younger people. They don't want to sit around and read the Bible. It takes time. I don't have time for that. There's video games to play. It's not true for everybody, but it's true for the young people, some of them. Or there's other things to do. I gotta go to work. I got four jobs. I got six kids. I ain't got time to read no Bible. Right? That's what people say. And then they're in the preacher's office asking, how do I know what God's telling me? And they haven't turned their ear to him. It's it's all right here. Look, look right here. It's all in the Bible. There is nothing that's going to happen in our lives that God hasn't already spoken to. It's right here. You don't have to memorize it. You don't even have to understand it completely. What you have to do is just keep putting it in. Let it get past the mind and in the heart so that the Spirit of God can do his work. And then when life happens, the truth comes to mind and his nudging, which we'll talk about later, will come, to, come into play and you're going to be right in track with what he wants you to do. Isn't that great? This sounds so easy. By the way, uh, there's all kinds of Bible apps on your phone and on your computer. If you don't have all that, there's CDs and, and even tapes. If you're, if you're still using cassette tapes, you can get the Bible where it will read it word for word to you while you're doing other things. No excuses, okay? You should be hearing from God through the Bible, through the truth, with the Spirit of God, right? When, when I got saved, I couldn't put the Bible down, and I was a truck driver, and it's kind of hard to drive a truck while you've got your face in a Bible. So guess what? I got the Bible read to me on CDs, and I was driving around, and all the time, I didn't even hear half of it probably, but it was just constantly going in my ear because I couldn't get enough. I wanted to know more. Next thing I know, I'm up here preaching don't let that scare you. Read the Bible. See what God does with you. And uh, by the way, uh, this is, we're going to come back to this again because the Bible is the key, the truth. Not, not just, this is paper. This is paper and ink. And it's uh, tran- one translation of the truth. What we're after is what does it mean and what is God saying? That's what we're after, right? Because you can throw scripture at everything. But if you don't understand what it means and you don't know how it's applied, then you're, you're, you're missing it. You're not hearing from God. All right, let's move on before, before I get going. The, th- the second thing is God will speak to you and me through authority in our lives. Godly authority, any kind of authority, all right? Hebrews chapter 13, this one, put your seatbelts on because this one's hard. All right, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for, the, for that would be of no advantage to you. You, ever, you remember that scripture? You got it on your refrigerator? Probably not. Most people don't read that scripture. Most people, don't, most people are like, oh, really? The Bible says that? Because it's not one of those regularly quoted parts of scripture. But here it is. And what it's saying is, is God has established his way in people's lives. And the people who are leading are set there by him to lead. That's what ordination is about for preachers and elders. It's the congregation, it's God's people agreeing that God has set this person aside for the purpose of leading his church. Right? Not because they're special. Are you special, Frank? Are you special, Frank? See, nobody, nobody who's in leadership are going to tell you that they're special because they know they're not. I'm not special. 
I'm, only, I'm, a, I'm, only, I'm not any more special than you. And we're all so special that Jesus died for us all. You see what I'm saying? We're all in the same boat. We're just called to do different things. That's why we pray for our leaders and we trust that they're talking to God and we trust that they're hearing from God so that when we are led by them, we're going in the way that God wants us to go. And we're holding them accountable. Because if their leading doesn't agree with what God is telling us in Scripture, then we know that something's wrong and we can help them because they're in trouble. That's what holding accountable means. It's not supervision. It's holding accountable because we don't want our brothers to be in trouble and get away from God. And we certainly don't want to be led away from God. We're in this together, right? Some people are rowing the boat. Some people are steering the boat. Some people just got on the boat. Some people are just barely hanging on the outside of it, and they just that's all they can do. But we're all seeking the Lord. All right? So let's do it together. These guys, notice the last sentence, by the way. It says, for that would be of no advantage to you. When, when Scripture tells you a warning... You need to underline it, circle it, write it on your forehead on top of that license plate. That's scriptural, by the way. <laughs> Look it up. See if you can find it. <laughs> when the Bible gives a warning, it's not to condemn you. It's God speaking to you saying, this is not what I want. And I don't know how many preachers quit the ministry because of church members who can't stop criticizing and making their life miserable. It's amazing how many times that happens in a church. And there are churches out there that have the reputation of eating up preachers and spitting them out because they don't understand this truth right here. And I praise God that we're not that church. Right? Because we're human too. We're just people and we make mistakes. So, so if we're doing something that's not right, we need to be corrected and loved, but not condemned, right? Same thing with anybody else who's a leader in this church in any way. Leading Bible studies, leading children's ministries, leading any kind of ministry, they're leaders and they need to be respected because God has put them there. Right? Okay, because those are the people that are, are going to lead us. That's how God is sometimes leading us and communicating through those, that authority. By the way, let me give you a few more before I go on. Uh, not just the spiritual leaders in the church, but also uh, your parents. People who brought you into this world by the grace of God, right? The Bible tells us that we are to respect our parents and honor our parents. Even if you don't agree with your parents, you still have to somehow find a way to respect them not always easy and we sometimes fail employers whoever your employer is god has put that together you don't have to like who you work for you don't have to like your job but you can't go in there and act a fool just because you don't like people it doesn't honor god spouse i'm not even going to get into this too much but men we have got to stop saying that these women have to submit to us just because that's what the Bible says. The Bible tells both of us, all of us, to submit to one another. We're in this together. I'm going to love her, she's going to love me, and we're going to love the Lord together. I got my role, she's got her role, we're going to stay in our lane, and we're going to roll with it. We're going to do this. Ministry. Our marriage, your marriage, whoever you're married to, you're in a partnership ministry with each other. To honor God together. 
And if you don't respect what God has put together, you won't hear from him. Because I don't know how many times my wife has saved me from going off the rails. Because God's t- bringing her, God's saying, uh, you need to get him. <laughs> she, she probably don't even know how many times that's happened. It's there. That's why, I mean, there's no way that we can do this ministry or live the Christian life since God put us together. I can't do it without her because God put her there to do it together. Now, if somehow God changes that in the future some way, somehow, that's his business. But right now, it's us. And we joke with each other all the time about who's in charge, but nobody, God's in charge of this right here. And if that's not true in your marriage, come and see me and we'll schedule some time to help you. Because it needs to be that way. Because you're not going to hear from God if you're not respecting what he's done. And most of all, the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 tells us to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God will lead you and guide you. We're going to talk about that a little bit more here in a little bit. Number three, godly people. God will talk to you and lead you and communicate to you through godly people. All right? Now, I have some mentors in the ministry, preaching buddies. They're the godly men. And if God hadn't put them in my path or me on their path, there's no way I could have figured out how to be a preacher. It, t- it took other godly men to show me what to do and what not to do and pick me up when I'm knocking myself down. I get out there acting. The, I'm, like, I'm kind of like Peter. you know. I just get out there and start doing stuff. Sometimes I make a fool out of myself takes one of these godly men who's been around the block a few times, come over, pick me up, dust me off, and they probably laugh at me a couple times and say, don't do that again, man. Don't even try it. It's not the way it works. And then I get frustrated and mad, and we have a little bit of discussion, and I say, just because you don't do it that way, and, then, and they just listen to me. They let me do it. They let me vent like that. And ultimately, I figure out I'm just arguing with God. I'm going to hear him until I shut up and listen to these guys. You see? And everybody in this room should be mentoring somebody else. Every man should be mentoring somebody else on walking with Christ. Share what you've learned. Learn from, and everybody should be learning from somebody else. Every, every lady in this church, every godly woman in this church should be bringing up other godly women. Right? That's what we're supposed to do. Learn from talk, I don't know how many times I've said, I got this great idea, and we come, we come into the church, and we, we throw it down there, and then suddenly a crowd of people will come up to me and say, uh, no, that's not going to work. And it, I have to fight the urge to argue with them because I think it's going to work. And it may not even be sinful, but they're saying that it's not going to work. And who am I to think that they're not talking to God like I'm talking to God? Maybe God sent them to help me understand something different that I wasn't paying attention to. We have to be humble about it, right? Second Peter chapter 5, verse 5 says, Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you, clothe yourselves with what? Humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You want to hear, want to hear from God? You want God to talk to you? Don't be a proud person. Don't be full of pride that you can't hear from God. Humble yourself. All right, number four. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, here it is again. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That still, small voice. You know, that whisper in your ear? Everybody describes it like this. 
Sometimes people come to me and say, I heard God tell me this. I wasn't there, so I can't really challenge anybody on how that happened. I have never heard the Lord's voice audibly, out loud, ever. Most people I know will tell you the same thing. Some people won't. Some people will say, I experienced this one time or that one time. I can't say whether it happened or not. God can do whatever he wants to do, can he? And however he wants to do it. But here's what I know. I know that the Spirit of God has been given to us to lead us and guide us, teach us and rebuke us and correct us. Everything we read in, in, in the letter to Timothy and his instructions on how to pastor a church. Right? So it's all right here in the Scripture. In the Scripture, together with the Spirit of God and our submissiveness, we should have the answers in here already. Now, I will say that there's been plenty of times in my life when the Lord has just kind of put it on my heart to be in a certain place at a certain time or do a certain thing. And even in the moment, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know why I was doing it. I was like, I don't know. We're just going to go over here. We're just going to do this. We're going to do that. Matter of fact, it's, it's kind of how I ended up over here preaching with y'all. I hope it is. Otherwise, the Lord didn't tell me to come here and we're in trouble. <laughs> right? I think, it's, I think it's the other way around. I think, I think we, we did get led over here. I think that you, you guys were seeking the Lord and I was seeking the Lord and it happened and here we are and we're moving forward. You ever get mad because you're running late? And then you're like 30 minutes late for whatever it is you, I was on your schedule and if you'd have been 30 minutes on time, you'd have been in a bad situation. Some people don't know if that's the Lord or not. I'm just telling you, if you're seeking the Lord and you're paying attention to what's going on, he's doing a lot of things that we don't know is going on in our life. So don't ignore the little feelings or the little uh, nudges or the thoughts in your mind. It's like, mm, I need to hug that person. That person might need it. I'm just going to go offer a hug to that person. And, and, and a lot of times we think it. We know we, we should do it. We want to do it, but then we just fail to do it. For some reason, we fail to obey that feeling, that that movement. And we miss an opportunity to show the Lord to somebody. It's anything and everything can happen. Right? There's been plenty, there's been plenty of times, not, it doesn't happen very often, but there's been plenty of times when Friday and Saturday night I'm in there widening up paper and starting a whole brand new sermon over again because of this kind of stuff, because the Spirit of God is leading me, okay, we need to do something different. That's stressful to me because I'm, I'm one I gotta get everything ready in a day and, I'm, and two I start getting I start getting uh, confused about it is this really God want me to do this should I am I really supposed to change this what if it's just me what if it's just something that I'm thinking of and I'm just stepping over what the, it's all kinds of battle going on right that's why we have to be in tune with the Spirit. Let's keep in step with the Spirit of God. The more we do that, the more we recognize Him, the more we're familiar with Him, and the more we can move when He says move and don't move when He says don't move. And lastly, God will speak to us through our circumstance. I'm going to get a little bit personal right here for some people. Not directly, but it'll feel personal because it felt personal to me. This refers back to number one, okay, the Bible. Some people say, God opened this door for me. This is God opening a door of opportunity, so I'm going to step in. It must be what he wants me to do. Some people will say, well, when God, God closed that door for me. And then there's that other saying that says, when God, what, closes one door, he what? Okay, 
Now, I'm not going to say that any of that mindset and that talk is wrong. All right? Because everything, all the questions that we were presented to this morning is, uh, has to do with what God wants us to do or not do. Right? That's what we're looking for. What is the answer to this question? What does God say about this situation? And I will say that when Jesus died and was resurrected, and the New Testament, the New Covenant, the New Testament Scripture teaches us this new covenant of our relationship with God, it means that we are now disciples, those of us who have put our faith in Him and is committed to Him, and we are making disciples. That's the job, isn't it? That's the requirement. That's what we do. It's real simple. We are to honor God in everything that we do. And when Jesus died on the cross and he was resurrected and we repented and we put our faith in Christ, the door was open to honor him. And it will never be closed. Make sense? So be careful because many times, almost more times, often, more often than not, we're using God opened the door or closed the door as uh, excuses to do what we want to do or not want to do. Because the reality is, I could have just stayed where I was preaching and I could have honored God in doing that. Or I could have come over here and preached and I can honor God in doing that. It's not wrong either way, is it? As long as I'm honoring God. Sometimes we have options in life and we're asking God, what should I do? Should I take this job? Should I miss, do this job? Or should I quit this job? Or should I, what should I do? Well, if it's sinful, you already know the answer. We're back in the Bible. And if it's not sinful, then God's going to say, do what you want to do and just honor me with it. It's, it's, sometimes it's that simple. Many times it's that simple. Do you want that job? Do you like that job? Do you like that opportunity? Yeah, well then go honor God with it. Be the Christian at that job. And make sure you leave this other job in a way that would honor God too. Don't just go in there like Johnny Paycheck and start singing, take this job and shove it and then walk out the door. Praising God, that ain't working. It's real easy. We, 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 everything we do for our lives, we honor God. That's our goal. Honor God, bring glory to the kingdom of God, and let people know that they can be saved. That's it. Anything that's not sinful in this world is open. The door is open. Anything that's sinful and doesn't bring glory to God and honor to his name and bring Jesus in the presence of somebody else, anything like that, is the door's closed. Right? So I would encourage you to kind of stay away from this kind of stuff. Right? But I will say your circumstances do help. God will com communicate to you through your circumstances. Because even if God wants you to be the disciple, even if God wants you to make disciples and preach the gospel wherever you go and, and honor him and keep in step with the Spirit, doesn't mean that you all, always have to do everything that comes up. Here's how I know that's obvious, because I don't have a helicopter. I really would like to have it. I don't need it to make disciples. Should I have an ability to get one or the opportunity to get one? It wouldn't be sinful, I don't think. I'm not even going to ask the church to get one for the preacher because I know how that's going to go. <laughs> preacher needs a helicopter. We've got to go make disciples. We can get there quicker. I can make, an, I can make a case, you know. It's not going to happen. Last church didn't go for it either. Look, here's, here it is. God just wants us to know his voice. Jesus died for you so that you can know him. You can be in his presence. 
He died so that you and he could walk in the garden and talk. The more you talk to him, the more you listen to him, the more you know him, the more you know him, the more you live for him, the more you live for him, the more everybody around you know that there's something about you that's different. And then people are going to be coming to you saying, how do you know what to do all the time? How do you know what God wants you to do? And then you can tell them. The first answer is, I don't really know. I'm just following the Lord. And that's a good answer because we don't really know, do we? Here's what we can know. We can know what God has already said. If you've got five options in your life and they all could glorify God, then pick one. Talk to your family and pick one. I'm not saying don't pray about it. I'm just saying pick one. Go do it. Too many people are stuck, stagnant, not doing anything for the Lord because they're standing around waiting for God to tell them what to do. Most of those people are sitting on the couch with one of these and they're just clicking. I'm waiting for God to tell them what to do. Be quiet. Just clicking. Watching reruns of Barney Miller or something. If you're going to wait for God, that's fine, but do it while you're reading your Bible, while you're in prayer, while you're hanging out with godly people in your Bible studies, in your communities that you know are godly people. Run it by them. Say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, and I, uh, this is how I know God's telling me. Well, some godly person in your life that loves you and cares about you is going to keep you from making mistakes, aren't they? If they can. By the way, if I ever come to you and say, uh, you, we need to think about something, it's not because I'm trying to condemn you, it's because I want you to be okay. And I hope that you would do the same for me. Even if I'm going to get mad about it. Right? Because I'd rather you be mad at me and still be saved, still be right with the Lord, than for you to be happy with me but wrong with the Lord. Make sense to y'all? And I hope that would be the same way. Here's a story of a guy. I'm going to read, I'm going to read this and then I'm going to be finished. All right? It's a story of a guy who was seeking the Lord. He wanted to hear from God so bad, and he has a terrible understanding of how to communicate with God. He was really wanting a direction from God, so he took the Bible, and he thumbed through it like this right here. He just picked it up and and just kept thumbing through it, and he stopped, and he put his finger on the Bible. Like, you ever seen anybody do that? Whatever I put my finger on, that's what God is saying. I'm going to hear from God. Right? He (laughs) said, He said, God, I need an answer. And he said, this is what it's going to be. So he looks at the verse and it says, Judas went and hung himself. <laughs> so the guy says to himself, he's like, that can't be right. I, I'm, I can't be right. So, so he does it again. And he flipped through it and another page and he pointed at a verse right there and he said, and, and he said in the verse and he was like, go and do likewise. That's what it said, go and do likewise. <laughs> So, of course, he's, of course, he's not giving up because he's stubborn. And he's like, no, nah, that can't be right. And he flips it again. He flips it again. He tried again. And he's like, uh, what does it say here? He says, what, what, you, what you do, you must do in a hurry. <laughs> well, come on, y'all. We, we got to get real, right? That is not how you communicate with God. I've heard a lot of people say the Bible just fell open and it said this scripture. And it was, it's, God, it's a God moment. God moments happen over a lifetime, right? And here's a God moment. When you're in the heat of the the moment in life, when, when everything's happening, when the storms of life are going on, 
and you're the one who's been talking to God, and you're the one that's been hearing from God, and you don't have to run over to your Bible and say, what does, what does God say about this situation? Meanwhile, fiery darts are coming at you from all directions, and people are tearing you down, and life is happening. And you're scrambling through the Scripture. What does it say? I can't, I don't know. Oh, I don't think that. And, me, and, and it's over with. The whole thing, you're already damaged. But you're the guy, you're the lady, you're the family. In the middle of that situation, you, you don't even pick up your Bible. You already know what the truth is. You already know what God would have you do in that situation. You already know how to praise God in the middle of your storm. You already know that he's still there. You already know that he's your God. You already know that these four options can't be God's will because they're sin. So it's not even talking, we're not even going to talk about those things. Not only leaves this option over here, so this must be what I should do right here. Isn't that easy? If it was left to us to find our own way, we would never make it. You ever been in a dark room? I'm quitting. You ever been in a dark room? Not quitting. I'm just quitting this sermon. You, you ever? <laughs> Look, have you ever been in a really, really dark place? Like literally, physically, in, where you can't see your hand in front of your face like that. that. That is what it's like spiritually to walk without listening to God. And amazingly, some people will do it, call themselves Christian. And they do it, and they walk around like they know exactly where they're going. And they have no idea that all they're doing is walking deeper and deeper into the pit of hell. And the more you scream at them to get their attention, the more you try to help them, the less they hear. Isn't that sad? Let's not be those people. Let's not walk around in the dark saying that we're a Christian church and we're doing great things for God and then not realizing we're just walking straight into the pit of hell because we're not following the Lord. We're not doing what he wants us to do or we're not, not doing what he doesn't want us to do. Right? It takes time. It takes time. If you don't know the Lord today, and I mean have a relationship with him, I mean repent of being, not, not, not stand up here and say, I'm a bad person. Stand up here and say, I realize that without Jesus, I have no hope. Without Jesus, I'm already dead in my sins, and I might as well just give it up. But Jesus, right? And that's what all you have to do is just say that. If you believe it, just say it. And it says to believe that Jesus is the Christ and repent. And stop, stop living away from God. Start this relationship. Start listening to God. And once we do that, then the Bible tells us, you'll hear him say to you, because you're going to be reading your Bible, and it says, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Well, I don't want to get baptized. Not probably not that important. Then we just read scripture that says that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me and they. So yeah, we be baptized. Isn't that great? And then we go on from there. We keep on and keep on and keep on every day. We never stop till until the Lord comes back or as we're in the presence of God. We get stronger every day. You want to sing? Let's sing. Come up here if you need to make a choice.